morning, everybody. I am Philippa Zingales, and for those that don't know me, I work at PLC in Croydon, and I am the Director of Alumni Relations over here. And it's my pleasure to welcome you to the first Alumni SIG of 2021. Uh, before we begin, I would like to acknowledge that the land on which our school communities are privileged to work, learn and play always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Today I'm in Croydon, so I acknowledge the traditional owners of this land, the Wongal people of the Eora Nation, and I'm sure wherever you are today, you will join me as we pay respects to our elders past, present and emerging. So today we are talking about a hopefully post-COVID world. Um, how has it affected your alumni program as we move towards, you know, COVID uh, always being with us, but also hopefully not being so strongly with us? What are the challenges and opportunities in regards to engaging with your alumni communities, both in Australia and also around the world? So before we jump into the questions today in the session, I'd like to invite Dion and Sandy. Um, Sandy Goddard, Director of Development from Canberra Grammar School, and Dion Molina, Director of Marketing and Communi Community Relations with Hunter Valley Grammar School, to introduce themselves, and they'll be sharing their alumni program information with us shortly. So Dion, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Good morning, everybody. Like Philippa mentioned, I'm Dion Molina. I'm the Director of Marketing and Community Relations up here at Hunter Valley Grammar. So we are located about two hours north of Sydney and about half an hour from Newcastle. We're a fairly young school, so our alumni is also fairly young. And I think um, just bearing that in mind from the onset is uh, fairly important. So our alumni community does look quite a bit different to other uh, probably well-established um, schools which have an alumni which dates back 100 years. So um, we're really, I guess, in our infancy, in a sense, of developing our alumni into a really thriving community. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, great to be here today and uh, hopefully I can share some, um, some information about what we're doing up here to help you in your program. Great. Thanks, Dion. And Sandy, tell us about yourself. Good. Thanks, Philippa. Thanks, Dion. Good morning, everybody. I uh, hold the, the title of uh, the Director of Community Development at Canberra Grammar School. It's my 33rd year, so uh, in the school's 92nd uh, year of its existence. So uh, our alumni group ranges from, you know, uh, about, well, ranges up to about 15,000 people, um, boys and girls now, having gone co-ed in the last five years. So it, it's been an interesting journey. Um, I started as a teacher and have moved through the school to the executive. Uh, but more importantly, the head put me into this role to re-engage well, the school with the community and especially the, the alumni community, given that it had various attempts from volunteers and uh, the school has resourced the uh, department well now uh, so that we can connect and uh, having uh, just relaunched the foundation five years ago. Uh, it means that the, the two departments um, they sort of work hand in glove together with the, uh, the alumni engaging and the foundation just there on the sideline, um, waiting for the opportunity for, for I guess, those uh, past students who, who wish to you know, support the school again to do so. Great, thanks Sandy and Dion. Okay, well, let's jump into the first question. Um, what change did you notice with your alumni engagement during the peak of COVID and over the last sort of 12 months? Dion, do you want to go first? Oh, yeah. 
Um, initially, we noticed uh, quite a decline in our engagement in our alumni. And I think um, purely because, um, like I mentioned, our, young, our alumni are quite young. I think their concerns were really around employment. Um, they had sort of bigger, bigger ideas on their mind than engaging with us, that's certain. Um, financially, um, they couldn't commit to um, philanthropic activity. So we did notice a decline in their engagement. And I think also because we had to cancel all of those events we had planned. So what we really needed to do was think of a way that we can engage them far differently to how we had been and move away from talk around events and coming to the school and find ways that we can engage them differently. And kind of what we realised was because we have a young alumni, they're very connected already to each other in their digital and social um, networks. So we really had to find ways um, to build the engagement digitally with them outside of hosting events. So, um, yeah, so initially, yes, definitely um, big decline. But once we sort of pivoted to um, a lot more engagement via storytelling, user-generated engagement, we actually started to see that engagement increase. Um, they're certainly not in a, a position to be giving at this stage, um, but definitely we are seeing their engagement increase. We're increasing their data. Um, so we have a lot of holes in our data. Um, so, yeah, definitely COVID um, in that sense. Um, affected us initially, um, but we were able to pivot quickly and then we, we found that um, we kind of have come out of that okay. Thanks, Dion. In, in a similar situation, you know, when COVID broke, I think the emphasis of, of schools and, and people's engagement in their own workplace meant that, you know, their, their past school was not a priority. Uh, we, of course, lost the events, um, like all schools, um, the events that came to the, the campus, but also our visits uh, to you know, regional areas and, and interstate and globally for that matter. So there was a, a huge drop off on that interpersonal connection, which we'd worked quite hard over the, the last five or six years to actually build up. Uh, of course, we had that online presence with our um, magazines. Uh, we were able to put those out. Uh, so we kept the community informed uh, as a collective, you know, parents, alumni, your past staff, your past board members, and, and that was important. We increased our um, use of the social media platforms. Um, we'd noticed that you know, while they're not may not necessarily jump onto websites and their alumni website, certainly the, the interfacing with Facebook uh, and Instagram uh, made it uh, easier for them to hear about what was happening. But we didn't flood the community with information. I, I just think people's headspace wasn't there um, in terms of campaigns for foundation. There were no asks. It, it really was we have to deal with this because it was the unknown, of course. And, and then as we navigated through uh, the pandemic, I think people were, were tired and an extra thing was just not going to happen. It has meant, of course, though, we now look for that uh, re-engagement strategy, which we'll, we'll come to. And, and I think that's the important thing of, of how that happens. And, and clearly from even today's news, it, it may not be as soon and as fast as we would like it, given that the, the rollouts are, are going to be somewhat um, uh, intermediate, slightly inconsistent. Yeah, thank you. Um, so we've talk, we'll come to, you know, digital engagement and things like that, but we've touched on events. Obviously for most alumni programs, events are a big part of the program. 
Did you guys switch to virtual events? What were the successes with that? What were the challenges? And um, are you planning to, to continue a virtual event program? Yeah, it's really interesting um, for us. So what we, um, we made a lot of assumptions about why, about alumni events. Um, but what we have come to find is, um, I, I don't think previous, prior to COVID, we were hitting the mark on the purpose of why alumni come together and their motivation for coming together. And we were having sort of events off site. Um, but what, what we've come to realise is that alumni actually want to come back to the school and they want to see the school because they're already really well connected. And I think virtually we couldn't replicate that experience for them. Um, so we didn't. But having said that, we kind of utilise our alumni in two ways. So obviously um, it's to build an engaged alumni community for philanthropic and giving and, and whatnot. But also there is the development of, of what we use our alumni in the student development too. So in our futures and careers curriculum. So we have events where alumni come back to the school, they interact with our students. We have a really large dinner where students um, and alumni and other professional people meet over a three course dinner. Those events could not go ahead and we moved those online to um, Zoom, Zoom sessions. And what we found was they're actually more effective because they're more targeted to um, what the student wants to do in the future. Um, and they are actually working far better. So. Um, yeah, so in that sense, we moved to a virtual events, but in the reunion space, we didn't. We, we sort of kept them connected through our digital, digital, digital platforms. Yeah, the, 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 the virtual was something that we considered, especially for international, you know, hosting Zoom drinks, etc. We didn't go down that track in the end. Uh, I have some regrets about that uh, and, and sort of then write it off that, that COVID just blew everything away. So that was a, a convenient excuse. But I, I think for this year, um, you know, virtual drinks uh, at an international level it will be something that we do consider along with various presentations. In relation to um, the on-site activities, I, I agree, Dion. I think uh, the alumni community love to come back to the school. They love to walk around. They want to see the classrooms. They want to see their names on boards. They want to rem reminisce as to where they slept. Um, and those, those experiences, I think, are very important. There is a whole year group uh, which have dropped out. We, we actually have our 10, 20, 25, 30, 40 and uh, Vintage Club that uh, do come back to the school um, during a weekend in May. That didn't occur. This year, we will have last year's group and this year's. So we will we'll double up on the the offer to, to host those year groups back at school. We also noted that the, the, the connection between groups within peer groups is also very strong uh, and many, depending on their experience at the school, still keep in, in contact uh, and will hold their own uh, dinners, events uh, in terms of just drinks in pubs uh, uh, and, and the like. Um, outside our, our normal program and trying to tap in on that's interesting because we can provide them with the support the, support, the communication um, we can't obviously hand out you know lists and phone numbers and email address for, for privacy reasons so you know we, we're we're working on on that but it uh it's looking slightly different but but i'm optimistic that may 23rd we'll be able to 
open up the campus again for, you know, year groups or, you know, predominantly 10, 20, 25, 30, 40, and the, the vintage to come back in. We did have a, a, in term three before our year 12 leave, uh, I invite three uh, of the past uh, alumni uh, or past uh, year 12 back into to the, the community uh, to talk to the, the present year 12 about their experiences. And I usually uh, obviously get a, a mixture of male and female, but I get the, the different ages. I don't go too old uh, because they don't necessarily connect. I, I tend to, to get one or two years out that's have had a bit of university experience, uh, a bit of work real life experience and then I go into that sort of 30 year old potentially 35 year old that can give them uh, a story of journey and uh, and those lunches were very successful uh, so we were able to do that in a face and it's just to, to start to get the, the present you know or past 2020 cohort thinking that there there is an alumni community uh, and then we worked through we did have a, a, a formal at the end of uh, 2020 at uh, Parliament House, and usually there's a one-year-out reunion which is uh, hosted uh, in town because they often like to come back and, and you know, see the the, um, the arrivals and, and the like. But uh, that didn't happen because there were no arrivals, but we'll still look to, to reinstitute that. Thanks. Thanks, Sandy. Dion, I just had a question about the Zoom meetings you did um, for alumni and current students and professionals. Can you talk us a bit about what they, what format they're in, timing of the day, and how you sort of pull those together? Yeah, so um, they're held during school hours. Um, well, it depends actually on um, on the co or on the on the. Um, alumni we're connecting with and the work they do. So if we're connecting with an alumni doctor, we may not be able to catch them during the day. So, but most of them were held during school hours with groups of um, groups of students who had um, identified an interest in a particular career. So we actually sent a survey out to those students. They elected three areas of interest for them. And then we made the connections and working with our futures and careers team, made the connections um, for those students to engage with those alumni via Zoom. Um, now, ordinarily that would have happened in that massive dinner and we the students rotate around tables, um, but actually we have found this has worked really well and we're going to keep that going forward. Um, the professionals and the alumni that we're engaging with are far more available um, for a quick Zoom chat and some of them were 20 minutes and others were an hour. The, the kids had lots of questions for them and so the, it was a, it actually added value to that particular aspect of our alumni. Yeah. yeah that's great. We actually did something similar at um, PLC where we used to have futures breakfast with that focused on a particular topic we moved all of that to zoom our attendance rates when our parents yeah. have started attending as well we actually hold them from 6 30 till 7 30 in yeah. the evening and we have gone from doing one a term to doing three a term so it's um yeah I think it's a great format that's great yeah, yeah. And, and what we find too one of our teachers engages in it as well so our mm. futures and careers team gets involved so they facilitate some of those conversations so they're kind of sitting on the periphery periphery I guess and when the when the conversation starts to dry up they'll facilitate the next line of questioning and, and off they go again so they're really really valuable to the students and also to the alumni and their connection yeah. with the school yeah that's great thank you um so if we look at sort of the broader communication we talked a little bit about how everything really 
went into that digital comms. Could you both touch a little bit on your social media platforms, which ones you on, what works best, um, and how you, you know, pivoted or um, enhanced your other digital communications during this, the last 12 months, and, and what you're going to take going forward as well? Over to me. Oh, so we, yeah, we, um, we use Facebook and LinkedIn and Instagram a lot. Um, however, it's, it's what we use in those platforms which um, di differentiates sort of our different audiences. So um, we use our Instagram and Facebook stories a lot for engaging alumni. And the way we use them is what we call alumni prompts. So we may send out a prompt via a story saying, hey, you know, it's, you know, the week of whatever, what's your memories of that? Send us your photos and we'll share them in the stories. So then you, you create this sort of um, this user-generated system where, where they are engaging with you because it's a two-way conversation. They are sending us photos, we're sharing them, they're sharing the story, they're, they're, they're really, really engaging to, the, to alumni. And then, of course, we use LinkedIn. Um, our alumni, it's, it, they're growing in our LinkedIn space and we have really high engagement in LinkedIn because when we feature them, they share that to their uh, LinkedIn profile and on and on and it goes from there. So um, social media um, definitely is so important to our strategy because they are young and connected um, and that's the space they're in. So, um, but definitely we have found the use of stories and, and then again, moving those stories into highlights. Um, so they live on in the page, really, really effective. And um, yeah, they, they can come back and they can visit them often and they can reminisce. And then the next week we'll ask them for the next alumni prompt. And it, we just try to keep it really fun and engaging. And of course we have our digital magazines and our magazines and, and whatnot. Um, everything we do with our alumni always has a call, of act, call to action. So if we put a story out, we want something back from them other than just that we've read the story. We want them to come back and give us their data, to update their details, to share it with friends. Um, so we really try that way to engage our alumni because, I mean, none of them wake up in the morning and say, oh, I must contact Hunter Valley Grammar and tell them I'm now working at XYZ. So um, mm -hmm. it's really important for us in that sense. Nice. <laughs> I, think, I think a lot of people think that they do do that, but you actually need to create the content to get them to engage back. So, um, yeah, so Facebook, uh, definitely Instagram and LinkedIn, super important, and, and the use of those stories. Um, aspects. Great, thanks, Dion. And I'd agree with Dion on that. You know, certainly LinkedIn, from a professional point of view, uh, was was one of those uh, social media platforms. We also put out a, a business directory to our alumni and parents, uh, so that they could uh, list their businesses uh, in a virtual way that gave access to people that, that had been to, to the same school uh, or who had students here. And that has worked uh, particularly well just as a service. The, uh, the, the Facebook uh, and the uh, Instagram agreed have been phenomenal. You know, that is how people communicate. But we, we need to be mindful that there is also a, a generations that don't necessarily, um, you know, communicate that way. And uh, we've still got to keep, that there so of course you know the the um, online school magazines that uh, we put out uh, twice a year that can go uh, out through those social media platforms uh, we also uh, utilize the website because if you know 
uh, alumni have been absent for a period of time uh, and they don't have details, they will come back to the school and search that we're redoing our website. So it's just a, a one-stop platform as opposed to you land on the school homepage and then you've got to you know, go to either the uh, alumni homepage or the foundation homepage. So we're trying to make it uh, easier there. So it's an access uh, because people are seeking themselves to, to re-engage and, and reconnect. But one of the things that we have done um, with the, the storytelling is, is in pictures and if you have an, uh, an archivist uh, or where you have access to you know, past photos, past people, it is that reconnection of what the school was like when they were hit and then what it's like now. And I think all our schools have got, undergone huge transformations and the rooms that they you know, once slept in could be classrooms or offices. And, and that's what they, they find interesting. It, it, it's that trigger that brings back that, that memory and that experience. Ultimately, it's not the, the buildings and the infrastructure, but that was a, an important part of, I guess, helping to form that, that culture. And it gives them a connection to the place. And I think that's why, you know, for, for schools that have their uh, alumni back on campus, it, it's so much richer and I think they're wanting it. You know, there's always been the risk in the past that, you know, in holding function, of, of course, there you know there's beverages and, and there's there's food and, and of course you've got students and in this 21st century, alcohol on campuses is, is you know questionable uh, and and to a point you know we we have an alcohol-free campus in Canberra Grammar. Um, our experiences have been in the past that it's just too high risk for the alumni functions. There are limited areas and uh, venues where they are, and you know it's not a case of walking around, um, you know, full full of boot. Especially when there's still students, you know, here on the weekends or, or even at, at school. But that, you know, utilize the archivist material um, if you've got that. Thanks, Sandy. Um, and this is a question to both of you. Just touching back on social media, do you have? alumni-specific social media handles and accounts, or is it part of the overall school account? We, we don't have... Oh, sorry, Sandy, you go ahead. No, go, go Dion. Uh, we have one school account now. So we did have separate accounts, um, but we just found um, that we just couldn't get the engagement there. So we, our, our parents are uh, they're aspirational, so they want to see what their children will become. They are really, really interested in our alumni, and so are actually our current students at the school. They want to know where XYZ from, you know, wherever has gone on to. Um, so we combine them. And um, what we are actually finding is it works both ways. So we, it works in the enrollment space. So we have, of course, alumni now, our second generation students coming through, at, 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 um, alumni enrolling in the school, and also our parents um, seeing what their children um, can become. So we do have the one space and it works really well. And, and we make it fun we we try to keep it really um engaging and energetic so like sandy touched on with using the old photos um we went and sourced a whole bunch of old photos and then rather than sort of put them out there we actually had a student holding the old photo against sort of the backdrop of where the photo was taken 
Um, so it's kind of like this, like this fun way of looking at that photo and, and those sort of um, images and photos get a, a lot of engagement because it's sort of co that connection between the past and the current. Yeah. If I can add to that, you also have the use of Twitter. Uh, and again, it's, it's instantaneous, you know, that the younger um, uh, alumni are engaged in a way which, you know, it pops up and, and they see it and it's just a reminder. It, it, it's not flooding them with information and it's not asking them for anything. It's just, a well, a, a Twitter feed. And, and so our comms marketing uh, chap is very good at, at putting that out, but also putting out uh, Twitter feeds or, or uh, on specific people. Uh, again, it, it's that interpersonal relationship, which is usually, you know, very strong amongst the, the past students, but also amongst the staff. You know, um, and uh, if you can get, um, you know, staff that have been in the school a while, maybe characters to, to just do a, a quick, um, you know, Twitter comment snap. Um, I don't use it personally, uh, but uh, I, I think that uh, is useful too, because they often ask the questions, where is, you know, what's become of, and so there's an interest there. And I, I wouldn't over or underestimate the importance that teachers had on the lives of your students in a positive way. Uh, it, it's very much about that that connection and what that person was able to convey in class or motivate and encourage. So, so I, I feel that it is important while while they're in your schools to, to utilise them because you know I guess I'm fortunate that having been at the school a long time, there are people that that do remember you and and for the best part you remember them if not the name. Uh, and that's that's very very powerful. If you have uh, heads of alumni offices that that aren't, um, it's it's harder for them because it, it's a it's a transactional arrangement. You know, utilize the the um, the old the older staff that um, you know that, that may have been in your schools. Thank you. Um, if we had a look at what you've done over the last 12 months during COVID, is there anything that you wish you'd done or that you would maybe go back and do differently over the last 12 months, Dion? Um, hmm. I, I, I don't think so, actually. I think probably we would have... Um, we, we scrambled a little bit when COVID hit just to sort of make decisions about where, would we do these things online or would we not um, I think probably if we if we could have a crystal ball and go back we probably would have um, made a decision a lot quicker but I think the decisions would have been the same I still don't think we would have had um, online events because it, our, I just don't think that fit. We, we understand um, completely why our alumni um, how and why they engage with us and I just don't think we would have hit the bill and we didn't just want to do the tick box um, but I think um, I don't think we would have done anything differently, probably just sooner. So as soon as we started to see that um, engagement decline, we probably should have um, jumped into action a little bit sooner and not thought about it so much, just took action. But, yeah, I think we probably would have done the same thing. A slow response, but you know, it's easier to say in, in hindsight, you know, that, oh, gosh, we, we, what we should have done. If I look back at the international community, I think possibly we should have tried to do the 
you know, the, the Zoom drinks or the Zoom meetings or the updates on, you know, capital constructions and things like that around the school. Uh, you know, I, I think about the strong alum we have in uh, Hong Kong that have always been very supportive at our events. And of course, you know, they got double hit with COVID and double hit with political instability. So I, I feel we, we, we could have done more in, in that space and will do more in that space because I can't see us uh, heading back to, to Hong Kong in, in the near future, even for uh, admissions uh, in, in trying to attract uh, international students. So that's, that's a, a couple of years of the alumni news we still put out. And I think that uh, is important. So I think it's more about the energy this year to re-engage the past is gone and uh, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll not win back, but people will understand that really you know, a lot did drop off people's um, radars. You know, the goalpost changed and um, it is what it was and, uh, and still is to a degree. Yeah. So let's talk about that, Sandy. What are your plans to, to pick up momentum this year and, in, and into next year? What have you got planned um, to re-engage? So certainly, certainly the re-engagement, we've got um, a large capital building that is going in and an auditorium. Um, so the alumni news is going to be important this year to keep the alumni community uh, up to date with, you know, what's happening in the school. We'll look to have that um, the uh, weekend, uh, the 23rd of May, a, a large school community event for the alumni. Uh, and invite them at them back and, and hopefully travel is there so that they, they will return. I think they'll look forward to that. Uh, we'll, we'll market the, the campus because there have been significant changes uh, in you know, the buildings and um, areas of the school which they would have interest in. Uh, we will later in second semester restart our visits to Sydney, uh, Melbourne, Adelaide, Brisbane, uh, so that you know, with the head, we'll actually um, develop more of an engagement of this is what's happening, this is our strategic plan, which we're in the process of, of writing. So it's it, a lot of information coming out from the school of you know, what we are now, but where we're going in the, the future. Uh, international travel will be off, but as I said, you know, I'll market the, um, you know, the, the Zoom meetings, because I think that's a, a way of, of building up the, the reconnection. Dion? Yeah, and for similar, very very similar to Sandy. I mean, the digital space, like I've mentioned uh, numerous times this morning, is really important to us, um, particularly. So we'll we'll continue to find innovative ways to engage with alumni in that space. But we're also looking um, for ways that the school can support alumni businesses as well, particularly those who um, have been impacted by COVID. So being in the Hunter Valley. Quite a few of our alumni um, are winemakers. So we've sort of gone out, we've sourced their product. We have little tags that have their alumni story on it and we use those as gifts, which we, we do for various things. Um, things like that, like having some, some small events that are not sort of like an alumni reunion, but perhaps like an alumni, um, if you're interested in um, gardening, we've got a, another alumni um, uh, family who has a, quite a large nursery and and cafe attached, so we might have an event there. Um, so sort of like just facilitating ways to support some of those um, alumni businesses, but also finding ways that are not traditionally 
you're an alumni, here's a reunion, but actually offering additional value to them. So, you know, herbs to grow on a small balcony or that sort of thing. So we know that a lot of our alumni live in apartments or they're at university or they're studying or whatever. So, yeah, just understanding them a bit more, what they, uh, where they're at in their life and ways we can add value um, through our alumni network um, to them. So, yeah. Great. Um, Sandy, earlier you talked about, you know, obviously there's a lot of talk about social media and um, we're talking about younger alumni, but how have you found, um, how are you re-engaging with some of your older alumni? For me personally, I've found COVID has quite a significant, have had quite a significant effect on some of our really older and isolated ex-students. Their health has deteriorated. They've become more socially isolated. And so we've, we've found ways to engage with them um, you know, in paper form during during this time. But what have you got planned specifically for your older alumni sort of in the next? Well, again, that, that weekend in May, we'll, we'll focus on the, I don't think 30 years old, but, but possibly 40 uh, and 50 in that vintage club bar is. Uh, again, to, to have them, we have a, an afternoon or it's actually a day with a luncheon uh, for those who are in Canberra. Uh, and again, the... The uh, magazine is is really the, the better way to uh, keep them in, informed, um, and and that's important because you know it, it makes them think about the school and makes them you know think about you know philanthropy and, and how the foundation can uh, provide some uh, legacy for them if that's what they they choose. Um, I haven't gone overboard with it. You know, it, it really is. Uh, it's a smaller group. Uh, we, uh, you know, again, the database that, that we had, unfortunately, because uh, our alumni or old boys used to be run by an old boys union uh, and was independent of the school. Uh, again, about five years ago, uh, the, uh, the alumni or the old boys association folded and came under the auspice of the school and, and community development. Um, and of course, the, the data files that um, they had, uh, corrupted so we've had to do quite a bit of work on re-establishing but I think it's about putting our name out there uh, and working on you know those who have connections to come back we also assume that everybody loved their school um, and of course we have groups where you know they love their peer group but didn't like their school. They didn't like the fact that there was a, a head who had a certain style or a deputy that had a certain style, but they have kept their friendship groups. And, and, and so they will contact us and ask whether they can have a, a barbecue on campus on a weekend. And, and we provide them with the external support there, but it is quite interesting. And uh, not that, that historical uh, negatives come up, but, but clearly some are still traumatised by the way they were, were, were treated in the classroom or wherever. So it, 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 it can be delicate with the older groups and uh, it, it's handling them in a respectful way rather than to say, hey, here we are, yeah, we're wonderful, this is where we're going because we can't assume not all people had that experience. Yeah. No, that's true. That's definitely the case for our school. Um, and I think with different heads over time, that, that's, that there's always a different style there. Yeah. Um, if we have a look at international, so you're talking about doing some Zoom um, drinks. And Dion, I was just wondering what you're going to do with international and um, are there key territories like 
UK, America, Hong Kong, or could you talk us a little bit more about your international strategies? Yeah, we we don't have a lot of alumni internationally. Um, they they tend to come back, so they might study overseas. But then what we find that they tend to come back. Um, our strategy, well, our strategy has been to well, what we wanted to do um, is have a virtual event because we couldn't send people internationally. Um, when staff travel, we do give them. Um, some people that they can connect with and they might just sort of have a small event um, but but making connections virtually with those people um, is important but we haven't found the right mix of that yet so we we haven't found we've, we're engaging them well that it's uh, that it's something they want to sort of get get involved with I think um, it's just sort of not really a, a cultural thing for them because they are so Generally, if they're internationally, they're of different ages and um, they're not sort of of the same cohort. Um, yeah, so they really want to connect with their own people and their own cohort. And um, if they're sort of a sole person in, in uh, you know, New York, um, that's really difficult to do. So it, it, our international strategy is something we are developing, um, but we certainly don't have a good handle on it yet. Yeah, so I'm probably seeking advice from others in that space. <laughs> yeah, if anyone has any tips, definitely put it into the chat. Um, Sandy, so you do you doing Hong Kong? Soon? Yes, uh, we uh, Hong Kong's great, and, and the support we get there is again from a range of um, past students, predominantly old boys, uh, but that that will change as as the the girls come through. The uh, the interesting thing that uh, I thought just went um, for a minute. Um, sorry, the, um, That's Philippa. I'll That's come okay. Back to, I'll we'll come, come back. back we'll it. come back to it. Miss um, family just put in. Um, just going back to our, you know, I won't say old. I'll say older end of the alumni spectrum have given some feedback around nervousness about. Um, coming back onto campus um, about waiting until the vaccine. I personally actually have found um, so much enthusiasm to come back um, already, which surprised me. Um, but how have you found it? Um, obviously, if you're starting to build towards your May event, Sandy, have you had any feedback around not sure they want to come out yet or...? I think certainly towards the end of last year when we had the opportunity for the older uh, alumni to come back that the, the school just said no uh, and, yeah. you know we were restricted by you know government advice uh, now the school's opened up I, I think you know the QR codes are, uh, are in I, I think the precautions we're still maintaining in, in some instances and I think if we can give them that reassurance that the, the school is a, a safe place hopefully the vaccine Will be, will be through those older uh, generations and, and that will help. But again, it's that, that apprehension, you know, it's, it's like, will people still travel? You know, uh, what happens if? And uh, I think that's for a range of things, whether it's alumni traveling back to their school or whether it's staff going on, on conferences, everybody's still a bit hesitant. And I think that's going to be a, a challenge for us. Yeah. I would agree. We actually moved, we have our big back to school day in March every year. We moved, we've moved it to November and we hold all our reunions. 
Um, but we're just starting to rebuild our reunion um, program for the year. And it, it's interesting. Everyone's very, very keen, which is nice. We just had a question come through. Sorry, Sandy. Sorry, Sylvia. It did come back to me. <laughs> we, interestingly enough, had a mentor program, which we launched at the beginning of last year. And, and of course, COVID didn't help and it literally launched and then went. And we didn't get the pickup. There was the drive. And I thought then that would have been an opportunity for, you know, past students to, to come together and, and help out in a mentoring program, but it just didn't get the traction. Uh, it didn't hit the mark and we struggled with it. Uh, and, uh, you know, like Philip said, uh, Dion said, it, it, it may not be for our community that, that approach. And, uh, you know, we did contact other schools to see how they were tracking with, with the, the program and, and some had struggled, some it's been a great success, but that required enormous amounts of human you know, time and, and effort to, to do that reconnection. But uh, that was something we did struggle with um, in terms of, you know, a, a program to support our, our alumni, both within Australia and internationally. Yeah, Mike, Mike has just shared on the chat that they're doing Zooms with agents and online exhibitions, keep in touch with WeChat and WhatsApp and involve international alumni in their mentoring program. We'd like to hear more about that, Mike. If you want to turn your camera on and share a little bit about that, that'd be, um, mm -hmm. that'd be good to, to hear. I'm sure some of us would be interested. But, oh, um, yeah, um, like many schools internationally, and as Sandy was saying, you know, normally we would have just come back from an overseas trip to China and Hong Kong, but obviously second year we've had to cancel that. So we keep in touch with all our agents um, and mainly doing it by way of Zoom, just giving them updates and basically saying uh, we don't think borders will be open until the beginning of next year. So we get a, a lot normally in the second semester, term three, we're not enrolling them. Uh, we're saying got to wait until next year and hopefully uh, our borders will be open. Um, but just supporting our agents as much as we can. And I think Sandy was talking about personal relationships. I think that is really key at this point in time. Um, for, uh, we were a, a day school with borders. We had quite a few Zooms with our boarding families last year. Uh, we kept our boarding houses open, but some borders who live within two, three hours obviously went home and um, it was lovely not only getting all our boarding families together, but it meant our international families could take part in that as well. I think that is fantastic. And using WeChat for those in China and WhatsApp for other Asian countries, keeping in touch with your parents and some of your past families too, um, I think is a wonderful, wonderful way to keep that connection going. And in our mentor program, um, not just in Asia, but also uh, Europe, uh, UK and America, uh, we have used mentors, uh, again, using Zoom. And I, I find that is a fantastic way to get engagement of um, our overseas community. And uh, I find that's really, really exciting. Um, I had a number of international students who were online learning last year, year 12, and, uh, and looking at uh, universities and getting our current alumni at those universities to actually chat to them on Zoom. And of course, because being under 18 or not quite 18, I facilitated that. Um, I felt that was a wonderful, wonderful thing to do. And, and, and these sort of things we're going to continue doing this year as well. That's a, that's a great idea. I like that. It's made yeah. a note of it. Yeah. 
Really good. And do, does your mentoring program, Mike, is that um, alumni to student? Do you have any alumni to alumni mentoring? Um, we're just doing alumni to alumni mentoring. And that was a big thing for us last year when we couldn't have events and we're still doing that. And uh, I, I find that is been so successful. Um, and those of you online, listen, you know, it's very resource uh, intensive. Um, we tried to scale it uh, using an online platform, um, but it still requires time and research. And, uh, and I find that most of our mentees, uh, they've left in the last 10 years. Um, and a lot of it was because of COVID anxiety, finishing university or on the first rung of the job ladder, but really worried. Um, and again, I call it flash mentoring. It's not that uh, on, ongoing conversations, although many of our mentors do that. They call them back um, and they challenge them with their thinking, which I think is fantastic. Um, but it's more about networking. So on average, uh, I had about 50 mentees in the program last year, and, and a lot of those are ongoing this year. And on average, they speak between five and 10 different people. And, uh, and I get feedback from both. And I just think it is um, It's where we un add value and we're getting that, uh, engaging our young alumni. And uh, it's something that we're going to continue. That's fantastic. Thanks for sharing about that. That's great. I have a hundred other questions about it. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> um, just to remind add any more questions in. Dion, did you have anything else that you'd like to share? about what you've got planned? Oh, I don't think so. I think we've pretty much covered it this morning. We have um, big plans, um, but I think I've already touched on those and we are really, like Sandy mentioned, looking forward to sort of welcoming um, our past students back to the school and, and uh, touching base with them personally, um, really starting to rebuild those connections. Yeah. And Sandy, any last thoughts well, you'd like to share? Yeah, look, one of the things we've done with our, our marketing is that we, we're holding our little mini expos into regional areas. Um, we also send out invitations to uh, the alumni community in those areas that if they wish to join us for dinner, um, that, uh, and they're picked up slowly. You know, there's a re-engagement of people that haven't had much to do with the school and it's, it's a less confronting environment if it's in their own area and they, they can meet with uh, staff uh, and hear about the, the changes at the school uh, and, and what's happening. So we found that uh, invaluable. You know, we used to go out there and hold the expo and push that as our, our main form of marketing now. It's, you know, we'll go out there and host a, a dinner for our parents to come to and also um, you know, gather in the, the alumni if they wish to. Uh, it's a cost to the school, yes, but, uh, you know, it's a, a, a longer-term strategy. Great. Well, I think we don't have any more questions and I've gone through all of our questions. So thank you, everybody. Thanks, Dion and Sandy, for your time today. 